Welcome to the Brave School Podcast. We explore the intersection between entrepreneurship, mysticism, and creative courage through human-centered curiosity and storytelling. This podcast is narrative medicine for the wild-hearted artist and entrepreneur who longs to show all the way up to their creative process. We hope you enjoy. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Brave School Podcast. Today I was sitting with a one-to-one 90-minute Brave Session client, and we were talking about some really beautiful things. I mean, every Brave Session is so unique, so different, so packed full of its own unique characteristics that reflect the person who booked the Brave Session, that reflects their essence. And it gets even juicier the more we are both together and in collaboration, willing to be seen and observed in this creative expression. I love how one-to-one brave sessions have never been about the teacher and the student or the mentor and the mentee, but rather about two beings meeting at one point in time for 90 minutes to talk about creative courage, to explore some options, to talk about some concepts and put things on the whiteboard or on the screen or to put things into space and see what comes of it. Today, we talked about the fear of being seen. We talked about the pressure to perform and to be profound. And this is something that I just, it's sticking with me this evening, this afternoon. And so I just had to hop back on the computer and just press record for a second to just catch these thoughts because I have been, I have been really stewing on this for almost a year. This pressure to be profound. I feel like Almost every creative experiences this pressure we all experience, especially when working with social media, um, working with the internet, working with being in a pool full of other people doing incredible things. It can be very easy to become overwhelmed by the excellence of those around us to the point where we begin to compare ourselves to those who are neighboring us in the market. And then there can be this pressure to be profound. Now, this pressure to be profound is so interesting. Let me know if you relate to this pressure. Let me know if you are like just, <laughs> if it resonates with you, right? Like this pressure to be completely profound, this pressure to be, to perform this story of who you are, to perform this story of courage, this story of bravery. And it often happens when we're about to create, right? Like for me, it happens when I'm uh, like, I have a thought that I want to get out and I'm, I notice myself starting to shape this thought into the most palatable expression of what it is, which often just waters it down, right? Like, let me know if you've experienced this. I often, in an attempt to be profound, end up watering down my expression to the point where it no longer looks like, feels like, sounds like, vibrates like how it felt when it was coming out of me. 
Some of my favorite uh, books on writing are Bird by Bird uh, by Anne Lamott and um, Writing Well. And um, there's one that's called The Art of Memoir. Uh, and it, it just all of these books have taught me so much about like creative expression. Honestly, you could read these books and and get like a whole course download on expressing yourself because that's what writing is. It's all about expressing yourself. And the one thing that these books have in common it's is is the invitation to the writer, to the artist to consider purity, to consider um, purity and clarity in our expression so much, so often, especially those of us who have been (laughs) bitten by the poetic bug, we often, when we express, um, we try to make our language palatable or or very pretty, and we end up actually clouding the medicine we end up clouding the expression with performance. Um, and I'm not the kind of performance where we are fully in our bodies and we are allowing our expression to elevate to its highest caliber, but rather the type of performance that is trotting after people's approval, in essence, really fawning over people accepting us and our expression and and really kind of avoiding any dissonant interactions, any uh, you know, any tension, any contradiction. We want the right people to agree with us, that kind of thing. We want we want certain people to find our work prolific and profound. And so we shape our expression so that it will appeal to them. And in the same sense, we end up blocking ourselves, blocking our voices. We end up uh, holding ourselves back from saying what we really want to say. And I just want to talk about that today for just a moment because so many creators come into my world and they come into our containers with that that wound of the fear of being seen, that wound of feeling harmed when expressing the true nature. And that is something to pay attention to and to be tender with. But I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to go behind the curtain and just begin to feel that out, feel out that space. And even now, I just want to invite you to just give yourself a deep breath, a pause of acknowledgement, the part of you that is fighting, like, no, I'm not trying to be profound. No, 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 no. Like, well, what, like, what about this? And what about this? And what about marketing? And what about social media? If any part of you is rising up to meet that with uh, chaos, I want you to see it and acknowledge it and, and embrace yourself with self-kindness. Just see you in this moment right now, because that's real those tensions arise, right? Like we want to be palatable to our clients or customers. We want to be liked. We want to be seen in high favor. We want to be, you know, recognized, especially if you're a projector in the room. We want to be recognized, been invited to come back. But then how much are we willing to compromise of ourselves 
in order to do so. I mean, I can just speak to this like straight from my own experience, like growing up shy, empathic, codependent, learning about connection through codependent attachments um, with my parents and with friends and lovers and I was like the I was this little queen of of morphing myself in order to fit into the room and no matter how much I actually fit in I still felt like an oddball and that grieved me so deeply to feel so odd and weird and unaccepted for the the, like the parts of me that I really wanted people to know and see and accept I felt like they didn't see that part of me and they only took what they wanted to take they only accepted the parts of me that performed and that was grievesome and that was exhausting and it drained me performing in that way um is draining the pressure to be the profound one in the room and I'm talking to you if if this is you I'm talking to you you are the one whose voice cuts through the noise and you can feel it sometimes maybe you're someone who when you speak people shush everyone else to hear what you have to say or maybe you're the one who maybe ends up in leadership positions a lot and you don't know how you really got there. People invite you or ask you to take on more responsibility, more, like more and more and more and to perform this role for society. Maybe you're a guy and you're, you've been, you've been um, raised masculine in our culture and you've been asked to perform this story of masculinity and strength and this this vibe of like I've got it and I can never show my emotions lest I be weak or maybe you're someone who is raised you know feminine in our culture maybe not at all but you feel that pressure to perform a story in order to stay palatable in order to you know to keep things going keep things light keep things happy (laughs) whatever it is maybe you're the entertainer like you, you you're here to keep things light and and happy and whole and you've filled that role but you feel on the inside of you your soul is like tired and it's hard to really say and express what you want to say in front of people because you don't know how it's going to be received. It's almost like you, in order to do it, the trade-off is that you would have to be willing to shatter people's experience of you and have leave them with the feeling that maybe they don't know who you are, right? Maybe that's you. And I just want to encourage you that when you step into like this this space, this role, this work of sharing your work with the world, sharing your voice, being your own cut of sunshine and and light and expression in the world, that there like when you're truly being yourself, there is no pressure to be profound because 
your unique nature is already profound. Your essence is already profound. It doesn't need to try. It just needs to be present. In these explorations, I have found myself, in my own explorations, thinking about resonance, thinking about essence, thinking about dissonance. And some of the things that have been really powerful for me are to um, step into the role of the observer, right? So um, maybe you've experienced this role when you were in meditation and you could almost experience or see or observe yourself sitting in that room, finding stillness. Um, Maybe you have experienced this uh, through trauma, through your dissociative state, the role of the observer. Maybe you have experienced this in other ways, just this role of the observer, seeing yourself and seeing the situation around you and not making any assumptions just yet, but rather just feeling out the levels, the tonality, the, the frequency of those situations. And some situations that we find ourselves in feel very dissonant. Uh, they feel like you know, they feel like uncomfortable, like an uncomfortable vibration in the body. Like when you hear a dissonant chord, if it lingers for too long, it can cause us to feel uncomfortable. And so in those situations, we learned that, we learned that in order to survive, we needed to be the one to correct the dissonance, right? We needed to be the one to bring amending to the dissonant and make it resonant, to adjust the room, right? To adjust. And so some of that looked like a lot like people pleasing or fawning or trying to say the right thing or, um, you know, serving the person who has the most power and, and making sure that, you know, subconsciously that you were safe while this person was, you know, affirming their authority in their, in the room, you were safe because you were of use, you were in service to this person. And, for you, that might have righted the dissonance into resonance for that moment, even though there might have been some like underlying like overtones of dissonance, like just temporary resonance, temporary like finding the right moment, finding the right positioning, I guess you could say. And I've just been thinking about that because I was that little girl. I was that girl, that little girl who just, you know, always knew the right answer, was quick to show up, was quick to be on time, was the good girl. I was a good girl. And I was terrified of dissonance because of what I thought it would mean for me as the person in the room who was witnessing it, right? I thought it would mean that I was, that, that one, that the dissonance was bad and that I was bad for feeling it um, and that I would put myself in danger if I continued to listen to that dissonance, right? So there's like a nuanced, like 
ex- there's a nuanced experience that I'm getting at here. Let me know if you have felt this before. It's a nuanced experience of like, what do I do with this dissonant feeling? Oh, in order to keep myself safe, I have to correct it. And what I'm learning is that the dissonance doesn't always need to be corrected. And that experiencing dissonance doesn't necessarily mean that something is wrong or that I am unsafe. Right? So sometimes we feel a dissonance when it's time to share our heart, share our voices, share our work with the world. And there's, there's not a lot of wisdom in overriding that dissonance necessarily. But it doesn't necessarily mean that because you feel it, something is objectively wrong. What I've learned in that nuance is that maybe there's something in there that isn't for me. Because how the shape of the vibration works is that dissonance causes vibrations to bounce off of each other, right? So they go in separate ways and they come back again and they clash again and they come come out and then they clash into each other again and they come out and it creates a discomfort inside of the sternum, especially when you hear a dissonant chord. So, so, so in this like, example in this paradigm a lot of creative people get stuck on that one moment of dissonance right especially when it's time to share their work we a memory comes up and we feel that dissonance and we automatically clam up and we assume oh what i'm doing is wrong (laughs) me sharing my voice me sharing this thought me sharing this experience this moment this poem this piece of artwork because i've experienced this this memory of this person or this this memory or this feeling or whatever i'm feeling unsafe and so this must be wrong this this sharing of myself must be incorrect and i feel very interested in that because is it incorrect for you to share your heart to share your medicine to share your work with the world. Another part of it is that the pressure to be profound comes up here and it's like all of a sudden there's a part of your brain that turns on that's thinking about other people and thinking about all the spinning tops that are out there that you know you want to make sure that they keep spinning. You want to make sure that they're still connected to you when you're done expressing yourself. And so you're caretaking, you're like automatically like taking care of them. You don't even have to be in the same room as them, but you're taking care of their feelings by silencing yourself, by muting your expression, by forcing yourself to be profound, by forcing yourself to change or shift their perspective into yours so that you can be safe by manipulating the energy in the room so that you can continue to be safe in your expression. This is a tender, this is a tender experience. 
because we do this subconsciously to avoid the real work of being seen in our true and most expansive nature. The purity of who we are in the world. Who we are on the inside does not need to be caught up in that. Doesn't want to be. Doesn't need uh, approval. Your expanded self, some of us call it our highest self. The highest self doesn't need approval. The highest self doesn't need a tarot card for affirmation. The highest self doesn't need an audience to do powerful and impactful work. It doesn't need to build an audience, doesn't need to build followers. It doesn't need to get views. The highest self does not need to be popular or profound in order to be what it is, in order to be God, in order to be the Dharma, in order to be creative power. It doesn't need to impress anyone. It doesn't need any of it in order to be this creative force, this creative power that shifts and changes the terrain around it into beauty, into essence. It doesn't need any of these things, tools, tactics. It doesn't need a strategy in order to create change. The highest, most expanded version of ourselves which is inside of us waiting to be expressed, doesn't need any of these tips and tools and tricks and tactics in order to do what it's came, come here to do. It doesn't need the secret. It doesn't need a formula. What it does need, though, is your willingness to be courageous your willingness to look at the tension, to sit with dissonance and allow dissonance to be a part of the process without trying to fix it, form it, shape it, manipulate it. What the highest self, the most expanded part of your nature does need is your willingness to be present with yourself. Are you willing to be present with who you are and accept reality, the reality in front of you that is shifting, moving, changing, the ebb and flow of people and connections the ebb and flow of opinions, the cycles of seasons, are you willing to accept that the world is shifting around you so that when you express your one 
note into this, or many notes, your chord, your song into the fold. You won't be hindered or blocked by the dissonant you feel. By the dissonant chord, but rather you can zoom out and see that that second chord is only here for a measure of time before it shifts on its own and becomes this unfolded song in the universe. Imagine if the whole world were singing their true, most vibrant note. We would have a choir, a symphony, a movement, a song. It reminds me of those memes of mushrooms, people recording the sounds, the the supersonic, I don't know what the term is, but the supersonic sounds of mushrooms. When they touch each other, they make this like myriad of textured sound that's so beautiful. And some of the notes in there are dissonant, but when you spin out and see the whole picture, you see the resonance and how the vibration of that full song unfolds. It unfolds from the center of those mushrooms and impacts us with beauty. Those vibrations touch matter, us, skin, bone, soul, flesh, soul, on the other side of a screen and we are impacted forever. That is the power of your expression and your voice in the world. When you allow yourself to be expressed in the fullness of your true nature. Let go of the pressure to be profound. Put it on the table. See it. Look at it. Acknowledge that it's there. And then continue to sing. Never mind the people who don't like it at first. That's just the first clash of dissonance forming the waveform of sound and vibration. It's the ebb and the flow. Let me know if you can see that mental picture. It's just the ebb and the flow of opinions, of gaze. When you are singing your right, your correct song, the right people will find you. And you have to give it time. Sound, vibration is a time-based phenomenon that we as a planet, as a humanity, get to be with. We get to navigate it. We created the concept of time in a sense. We give our bodies over to it in many ways because of just the nature of the earth revolving around the sun. We give our bodies to aging and to the slipping of time, like this slippery elm belt. Vibration makes its way out from the center of us into the collective and into the very heart of another soul. That is power. That is creative power. 
But if we are manipulating that sound in such a way where it doesn't even look like what we created or wanted to create from the beginning, if we mute or dial down or compress that true nature, that true vibrational sound that is coming out of us, it won't, it won't be what we have designed and what we've created. It will feel incorrect and dissonant, prolonged dissonance in a sense. So those are just some thoughts that I've been having about creating resonance and dissonance and the, profession, the, the pressure to be profound. You don't have to be profound. We're so busy trying to be profound trying to impact other people and really the impact is in our presence it's in our willingness to be in our essence in our essence and and just here and creating and expressing the truth of who we are i can't perform for you in that way if it's going to be a performance it's i'm taking my hat off i'm taking my shoes off on the stage And I've been known to do this as a songwriter and a poet. I'm taking my shoes off on the stage and you're going to get my heart. You're going to get my presence. And it's going to be the same heart and the same presence on stage as it is off stage. Because it's, that's, to me, that's potency. That's, that's the medicine. I don't want to give you weak watered down medicine. I don't want to give you a weak elixir. I want to give you my truth and see if it resonates with yours. So I leave you with this. I love you all. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, (laughs) I guess, Um, because that helps other people find it. But if you don't feel like doing that, that's also okay too. I just love you, and I'm really thankful to be serving you all in this way. All right, well, take care. I don't know a limit, chasing the dream, I don't know what sleep is. I got a queen, she lit me to eat it, she ripe like a peach and she snapped me to snip it. We well overdue for that link up and push it. Text me to fall through a spider, she wrote it. Sit up with courage, you're doing a service. Pull up to the crib, I'm equipped with the best strokes. Cut throat for the low low, when no love goes. When you buddy, buddy, like it's been that way. We look in the bill stack, buddy, buddy, I'm Thank you so much for listening to the Brave School Podcast. You can find us on the internet at braveschool.co. You can also find us on Instagram at braveschool.co and find me, your resident story doula at the story doula on Instagram. I'm so excited to serve you. Thank you for being here, friend.